great is your faithfulness, O oh God. We're so grateful and we're so thankful that even when we're faithless, you are faithful. But your word says you'll never deny yourself. So if you said it, you'll do it. If you promised it, you'll perform it. That every single promise that you've made us has its yes and its so be it in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price for our sin. That our sin no longer has to hold us back from the promises of God, but in accepting your sacrifice, the power of sin that would keep us away from you and your promise is broken. That we've entered into fellowship with you, that we might partake of all that you have for us. We're so grateful, we're so thankful for the blood of the Lamb the Lord Jesus Christ and your faithfulness to every single generation. That means us. Thank you, Jesus, for sending the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for being in this place. Not just in us. I thank you, every believer. You live on the inside of them, but here, you're, here also corporately is the anointing of God. There'll be supernatural encounter. As you encounter every person, their situation of life, their circumstance, that you take the word today and you make it life. You teach wisdom to apply it every day that we might grow by the sincere milk of the word of God, that we might enter into a depth of relationship and the spiritual life that you've called us to, that truly we might be a reflection of Jesus to those around us. So we thank you. We do praise you and magnify you for this day, this generation that we live in, that you've called us to rise up, to take a place, not to sit back, not to just be observers, but to occupy, to fill places, not to be overwhelmed by what's going on in the world, but by the authority of God to take a stand and begin to overwhelm our world with the power and the goodness of God. Teach us how to do that. Show us, impart to us, even today. And we'll give you all the glory. We'll give you the honor, the praise, and the thanksgiving for everything that will be accomplished in every heart, in every life, by your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' mighty, matchless, and majestic name we pray. And everyone who agreed said, amen. amen. Good morning, church. How are you this morning? It's a great day to be alive. We are, uh, man, we're starting a new series today. I believe it's going to be a really enlightening and wonderful uh, series for us as a, a church and for you individually uh, to take a hold of and to apply really to what God is calling you to do. And so uh, I'm excited about today. I'm excited about what God is doing in your life, in our life. Amen. And so why don't you look at somebody next to you and say, by the authority of God's word, of God's word. you are not my problem. <laughs> if you uh, believe that, you can be seated. Praise the Lord. Once again, good morning and welcome. If you're visiting with us today, we pray that something in, in the praise and worship or your uh, greeting people or meeting people, fellowship with them in the word of God, something will really impart to you if you're a believer to equip you to further minister to others. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that the spirit of God will minister to your heart in such a way that you'll know that Jesus is exactly who the Bible says that he is. And today is the day of salvation. Today you'll realize and, and surrender your heart to Jesus, um, not because you're afraid of him, but because you realize how much 
He loved you that he gave his life for you so you could have a relationship with him and with God. So we're thankful that you're here. Believe that God has great things uh, for each and every one of us. Amen. Why don't you open your Bibles with me to Isaiah. Isaiah, the 26th chapter. The 26th chapter, we're starting a new series of messages. I've entitled it, I Was Thinking. I was thinking, you know, how often do you do that? And just before you have a comment, say, you know, I was thinking. I was thinking about something. And so I just want this to settle into our mind because you are thinking. You're thinking almost all the time. And, uh, you know, I, there used to be, Pastor Craig used to have a joke, you know, uh, about me. He'd tell people that I don't start thinking until 10 o'clock in the morning. And, uh, you know, that's not altogether a bad thing. Um, to not start thinking right away. Um, my wife hasn't captured that skill. She wakes up thinking. I don't even think she's awake yet, and she is thinking. And so uh, me waking up and not thinking and her waking up and thinking already sometimes creates a real gap. Um, she's got a lot of thoughts out there, and I haven't even yet answered or thought of the first thought. But uh, all that being said, really, in, in all reality, we think a lot. And uh, it's very important, you know, sometimes as believers, you know, and, and again, I don't want to diminish this. We'll, we'll kind of come back around to this. I'm just trying to, to help us launch into this, but, but we make everything spiritual. And uh, really, for our life, it is spiritual. It comes from that. But the way God created us, even spiritually, our thought life has so much to do with how we live out the spiritual life on the inside of us. And so sometimes we just have thoughts. We let them run rampant. We, just, we entertain them, as they say. We, we do all kinds of things with thoughts. But what you're thinking has great importance to where you're going. It has a great importance to your success or to your failure. And so we can't just discount thoughts. We can't just let them come and go at a whim as they desire. And, and then we have to begin to understand, and a lot of this series of messages will really be based on and looking at how do we think. How do we think? There's some things that Jesus said about speaking. We'll, we'll get that at the end of this series, maybe a different series. But uh, uh, how, how do we process things? He said, you know, watch, watch the things you say. But he also said this. He said, watch not only what you hear, but how you hear it. How you hear. Why? Because how you hear things has a lot to do with how you process them. Right? And how you hear things, how I hear things, have a lot to do with mindsets, mindsets. And so in, in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, it says this, you will keep him in perfect peace, or King James says, thou, speaking of God, will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Everybody say, my mind should be stayed on him, right? So he, he's not just thinking, he's not just saying, if you have a thought about God, peace will come. He said, I will keep you or I will guard you, I will protect you in perfect peace if your mind can be set or stayed on me, on me, right? And so uh, he goes on to say this, because somebody whose mind is stayed on God trusts in him. He says, trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. He said, listen, we, we get to thinking about all kinds of things. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? What are we going to do? Where are we going to do it? Who's going to do it? How's it going to do it? And we get all that going. He said, listen, if you keep your focus on God, he's your everlasting strength. 
And he says the one who can keep their mind stayed on him is the one who trusts him. So how do we get our mind off God? Well, we got to think there's another way besides God to do that. So I'm going to take another path in my thinking. But he says when our mind is stayed on him. So, you know, we get to that point, point where if we're not careful, we're like, well, I understand that, Pastor. I understand what it says. But i got to go to work. And it's really tough to think about God when I'm at work. And I understand that. I go to work. Sometimes it's tough to think about God when other people are talking to you all the time. Right? When you have assignments, when you do all that. So we're going to talk about that. It's a skill. It's a skill to get your mind set in such a way. Because your mind's set on something. When you have a conversation with somebody and they're talking to you, immediately when you start listening, you start to filter that conversation through your mindset, through your mindset. You ever talked to somebody, had a conversation with them about something? You thought it was an awesome conversation. When they left, they said, thank you. They were excited, and two days later, you found out they're offended. You found out they were upset. They told somebody, I had this conversation, and, you know, they're upset about it. And you're, you're just standing there going, how in the world could that have been a bad conversation? How? We just talked about these things. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how that happens. They, they agree, they're listening, but as they walk out, they start to process the conversation through a mindset. And if their mindset is, woe is me, I'm a victim, they may have said good things, but they really didn't mean them. And now through that processing it through a mindset, it comes out totally different. And so we have to be careful to understand our mindsets what our mindsets are. So this, this series of messages, I'm, I'm introducing it today, but this series of messages is really going to be focused, yes, on our thinking, but as I was thinking, I was thinking, how are you thinking? Why are you thinking? And what process are you using to think about this particular subject? Because if you don't know the process, you just let my thoughts wander. You let thoughts come however they come. They are establishing and setting, right? We're not talking about single thoughts. We're talking about groups of thoughts that begin to set up a whole process of thinking by which now individual thoughts must go through to come to the end. All right? Are you all still with me? So he says, that will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, if you are then raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your affection or your attention, or this translation says, set your mind. Somebody say, set my mind. Say, I've set my mind. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So he said, if you know, right, if you know that you've been born again, if you know you've been raised with Christ, how many of you know you've been born again, right? He said, now we've been born again, but how often, you you don't have to raise your hand at this one, but how often after you've been born again, have you just lived like you used to live, right? Right? And that can be our quandary. But he says right here, if you know that you were raised with Christ, you're going to have to get a different mindset to process that new life through. And it has to be on heavenly realities, not earthly trivialities. 
So if our mind is always set on earthly trivialities, it'll be very difficult to live out this newness of life. So the enemy brings lots of detail, lots of trivialities, lots of simple things, and establishes a mindset. Then we go, oh, I'm raised with Christ. Miracles should be happening, but... And then we process that knowledge through a bunch of mindsets that then it comes out the other side and says, well, other people can have it, but maybe not for me. Right? So mindsets are important. So I, I want to define them just a little bit as we go into this, and I hope that you'll stay with me over the next few weeks because I believe it's very important. I believe resolving this. We can say, oh, you know, I've set my thoughts on him. Oh, that was a good conversation. That was a good message. But by, you know, uh, three days later, circumstances come. You've either totally forgotten about it or you take it and you apply it and, and you come to a different resolve because of how you process that thinking. Right? Some people in different churches, certainly not this one, but they'll take a message and immediately they'll walk out and they'll think, you know what, that pastor knows what's going on with me and he was preaching at me. He didn't even know what was going on there. Well, how do you get that? You have a mindset. You have a mindset. You process something that was helpful to you. It becomes negative because of how your mind is set on processing the information. All right, so this is what a mindset is. It's a, a mindset is a set of beliefs that shape how you make sense of the world and yourself. It's a set. It's not one thing. It's a set of believing. The enemy's been working since you were a child to develop mindsets about your world and about yourself. And so you have a mindset. Everything starts to filter through the world that you as you view it and yourself as you view yourself. So when we talk about, just under, I'm just trying to help us, when we talk about you got to know who you are in Christ. Well, that's good. But how do we do that? So we go to study the word. But you can read what the Bible says about you. But if you take that information and you process it through a mindset of victimhood, you can read, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. But you can talk, think about being more than a conqueror and then, then process that through victimhood and still come out and go, I know that I'm a conqueror, but not in these particular situations. It won't work for me. Oh, I know that I'm a victor, Right? Maybe I can be a victor over here, but you don't know what has victimized me in life. So if you try to process that you are a victor through a mindset of victimhood, it's going to get skewed. It's going to get messed up in our thinking. Right? And so most of the time, we don't pay attention to our mindsets. But that system of beliefs that has been set up, those, those certain beliefs shape the world that we live in, and they shape who we are because they're all about the world we live in and ourself, right? So uh, it is mindset. It uh, influences how you think, how you feel, and how you behave in any given situation. That's what a mindset does. So, you know, we can be in a service right here. We can be having praise and worship. Isn't it amazing? You know, you could look around. We can have praise and worship, an upbeat song come in, and you got people, woo-hoo-hoo, you got the worship team, woo-hoo-hoo, praise the Lord, hallelujah, we should run, we should jump, we should shout. And at the same time somebody's doing that, you got somebody over there going, is this really necessary? I really don't think God appreciates people just getting all wild and in the flesh. Now, how can you be in the same room, the same song, the same words, 
the same circumstances and have one person celebrating and one person just upset. See, we ponder that. We're like, what in the world is wrong with people? It's their mindsets. And they don't pay any attention to how that started and how that happened. And if we can begin to understand it, and we can begin to see what the Bible says about it, we can begin to change our mindsets. We need to change our mindsets because those things are, are what are holding the church back from total and absolute victory. There are things that are holding us back from revival as God wants it to happen. See, even when we talk about revival, people have a mindset of what revival is. But God has in mind a revival for this generation. And it may have some things that don't include what you think revival is. Right? When we had the joy, the, the joy move, people were, were, were uh, 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 you know, praying for revival. They were praying for revival and, and healings and miracles. And uh, they didn't expect laughter and rejoicing. And while people are laughing and rejoicing and running around the room, they're getting healed. But some people are like, they can't get healed running like that. You can't get healed rolling on the floor laughing. That's not how God does it. Why aren't we having prayer lines? Why aren't we laying hands on people? People laughing, laughing, just laughing. <laughs> well, why? They had a mindset about revival. They didn't like the laughter. Yet, you know, people were coming, showing all the scriptures about how God wants us to rejoice. He wants us to dance. He wants us to twirl. He wants us to spin. So what is a revival? God brings a certain thing in his word, and he revives it. He awakens us to it. So when they call it like a joy move or joy revival, well, why did God do that? Because God's a joyful God. He's a joyful, he's not mad, he's not sad, he's not angry at everybody. He's a joyful God. So he said, I want to awaken you to how powerful joy is. So if you opened up your mindset to that, right? I had never been in a joy move, never really been in a, you know, Something like that, I'd seen healings. I knew that God had called us as a church to miracles. I wasn't anticipating that. Gone to some meetings, you know, and, and seen that. Uh, you know, believe God. I said, God, whatever, if, whatever you're doing, if it's real, let's do it. So, you know, came back from some meetings, was standing in the pulpit. Nobody in the congregation was in those meetings with us. I started preaching. Some people right over here just fell out of their chair laughing. Well, I knew what it was only because I had been in those meetings. But I was wondering at the same time, just while I'm preaching, they weren't in those meetings. What's going on with them? So I knew God was helping us. They weren't in those meetings. They didn't know. They weren't mimicking what they saw in a meeting. God fell on them. So I was going, hmm. I kept preaching. It started to go over here. It was in our old building. Uh, they fell out over here. They were just laughing. People started laughing all over. I'm like, wow. Service after service, I'd stand up to preach. People would start laughing, running around the room. I'd prepare for a message. I'd well, this is useless. We'll just get going. At one point in time, I was back in my office. I said, God, I don't know what this is. We prayed for a revival. We prayed for a move of God. If this is it, then, then you're in charge because I have no idea what's going on. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you. You know, sometimes you just got to tell God what you're thinking. I said, I'm just going to tell you. I'll tell you what it feels like. I feel like I'm on a stagecoach and I don't have the reins. And I'm just going to tell you, if we hit one bump, we're losing everybody. Said, I don't know what this looks like. I know I'm not in control, but we prayed for you to be in control. You better be in control because as I see it, we could lose everybody. But you know what? We didn't lose everybody. We grew. We grew during that time. Even during that time, some other people who were trying to do it lost people because of people's mindsets. 
but we grew. So you can't put a label on what God's going to do when you pray for a revival. You just want to get an open, an open heart to what God is doing and not say it has to be my way. How, how can it be God's way? Amen? And so there's those mindsets that are set up there. You ever heard uh, somebody say, it's tough to teach an old dog new tricks? It's tough to teach an old dog new tricks. And so that's what it means. You get set in your mind. A person gets set in their mind over time through experience and other things, and it's tough to get through to them. Right now, we have young people. You need to be paying attention to what the Word of God says because we have a whole culture that is trying to set thoughts in your mind about certain things that are contrary to God to build mindsets that are tough to come against tough to come against. And if, they get, if the enemy accomplishes that mindset, then whenever anybody says something and it goes through that mindset, you'll have difficulty. So we have young people right now. Then when you start to talk about how God created a man and a woman, how God did that, even if they're listening, they love God, it's starting to go through a different mindset that's troubling to them. Right? And so us adults, we have to understand there's things that were contrary to God that were set up in our thinking that we have to be careful how we process it. So there, during this series of messages, I need to keep moving. During this series of messages, I, I hope that we'll, we'll, we'll turn up and we'll stir up some things that will help us really to understand uh, our mindsets and what we're going to do with them. So what all this means is it means that what you believe about yourself impacts your success or failure. What you believe about yourself impacts your success or failure, right? And so what you believe about your, you can say, well, I believe I'm really great. You can say that, but what's your mindset about yourself? There's a lot of people trying to puff themselves up, but even after they say that, once they stop, their mindset begins to work and say, well, you might have convinced them, but you're really not all you think you are. And so it begins to impact how you respond, how you act in any given situation. And so Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7 says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I won't go into that particular scripture. We might throughout the series of this messages. But he basically says, he's not just saying, whenever you have a thought in your head, that's how you are. He said, what thoughts begin to establish in your heart will be the way that you respond. It will be the person that you become, right? And so we want to establish the right thought processes and the right mindsets as we move forward. We're living in a day. We're living in the last days. We're living in the last of the last days. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, holy unto our God. There are things that are happening in our generation that if we're not aware of it or if our mindset limits us, we're going to miss some things that God is doing. But as we begin to get into the word of God and process these thoughts in the proper manner. So Paul said this in 2 Corinthians. They had challenged his motive about some things. And again, over the series, we'll, we'll dive into this particular scripture. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, you're familiar with it. And Paul said, listen, what I do is I capture every thought. I'm encouraging you. You have to capture every thought. Even though we're in the flesh, the weapons of our warfare are not pertaining to the flesh. So what I do is I grab a hold of or I take captive every thought. Other translations say, I take captive every intention. Other parts of it say, I take captive every imagination, and I bring it 
into the obedience of Christ. In other words, he said, I've developed, I have intentions, I've been places, I've studied things, right? The Philippian church, he said, listen, if you want to get into the flesh, let's get into the flesh. I'm a Pharisee among Pharisees, I'm a doctor of the law. Concerning the law and action, I did it as good as anybody did it. So he had some thought processes. He had that. But he said, what I've learned to do is everything that I've learned, all my education, all my actions, everything, all my behaviors, he said, I've learned all the intent of my heart, which always was to serve God. He said, I have had to learn to bring it all through the mindset of obedience to Christ. Obedience to Christ becomes a mindset. And while we're here, you know, we can just touch on it in a moment. How many times have you or you've heard a Christian say, oh, being obedient to the word of God is super difficult. This is such a hard life. In other words, your mindset is that obedience to God is difficult. But Paul's mindset was obedience to Christ is necessary. Obedience to Christ is necessary. So if I can take the word of God, I can take my good intentions, I can take my thoughts that aren't bad. But if I filter them through a mindset of victimhood, if I filter them through a mindset of offenses, if I filter them through a mindset of comparing myself with others, those same truths are going to come out of my thinking much different than if I subdue them and they all have to come through the obedience of Christ. Are you all tracking with me? So when we get to this point in times past, you know, we can just say, and we're, we're, we're really, I got to get my thinking right. But you can get your thinking right. You can study things. But if you're not processing the new things you're learning and the thoughts through the right avenue, through the right mindset then we will end up with a lot of information and the same conclusion. I can't do it. It won't be possible. Right? Just like that song says, I don't know where I got off believing you couldn't do it. I don't know where I left my faith. But I've come back to realizing you can do all things. So, you know, through, through a period of time, at least for our camp, I know we can go clear back decades, different moves of God, maybe Smith Wigglesworth, but within our, our sphere, our generation time frame, in about the late 70s, early 80s, throughout the 80s, almost a decade, probably 15 to 20 years, God emphasized some things to bring the body of Christ to a faith mindset, a faith mindset. Before that, denominationalism had set in, religious things had set in. Whoa, I'm just a pauper. I'm just barely getting by. I should just, you know, I'm just a worm before God. I'm unworthy. You know, I'm just, you know, trying to do the best that I can, trudging through the wind and the cold, and maybe there's just a little cabin for me in the corner of glory. And it was a defeatist mindset if I could just get there. So God said, we have to change the body of Christ's mindset. They have to see that everything that I've promised them, I plan on performing it. They've got to believe that I'm a good God, right? They've got to believe that I'm a healing God. I'm a miracle-working God, that I'm a God that imparts joy and peace. I'm not looking to beat them down. I'm looking to lift them up. 
He spent like 20 years just trying to get the body of Christ to have that mindset. People would sit in faith meetings for, for uh, time after time for a year, and then you'd talk to them, or they'd come into a prayer line, and, and the minister would say, all right, are you ready to believe for your healing? And they'd go, well, you know, I've had this for a number of years, and I'm just a hoping. Preaching, but their mindset, I'm up in line because you said healing would come to me, but my mindset is processing it through my doubt and my unbelief. And so even faith gets skewed when your mindset is different. So it's time for us to look at not just changing our day-to-day thinking for a moment, but changing our mindsets. Because they influence whether we have success or failure. They influence how we respond in any given situation. Are you going to rejoice or are you going to be angry? What are you going to do? Sometimes, well, why are you upset? Well, I don't know. I just don't know. But then if you investigate, well, I'm angry because. And then you start tracking. You're angry because. Well, I'm angry because. The tone of their voice. Yeah, but didn't they say they liked you? Well, yeah, but the tone of their voice. Well, what difference does the tone of their voice make? Well, I had a person once in my life that had that same tone of voice. (laughs) Dear God, have mercy. And I'm not trying to get too complicated, but we say we don't know, but yet we continue to harbor mindsets that allow something that we should be going, thank you very much. We're like, man, I don't know about that. God's trying to get us somewhere, right? God's trying to get us somewhere because everything's possible with him. And who am I to deny what the Lord has done? If you listen to that, I don't know where we get, we got, we got a copy of that. Man, he goes into this whole thing of like, I'm not saying I'm qualified. Look at my resume. If you're going to look at my resume, don't look at my resume because it might be impossible. My resume might not say I can do the impossible, but God's resume says he can all right, I digress. No, actually, I move forward. But <laughs> praise the Lord. All right, let me get to this real quick. Uh, so we're, I'm just introducing this. So trying to have fun. So psychologists will say this. Psychologists will say there's just two basic, two basic mindsets. Two basic mindsets. One mindset is a fixed mindset. Fixed mindset. Really, in general, it just means I grew up on this side of the track. I have a certain amount of ability. I have a certain IQ, and therefore, my life is going to be a certain way. That's just it. Learn to deal with it, and I'm okay. I'm just going to be on this side of the track. Mama did it this way. Daddy did it this way. This is how we're going to do it. Right? And then there's a growth mindset. And a growth mindset says no matter how I was raised, what my IQ is, what my abilities are, that I can begin to gather information. I can learn more. I can uh, accept more. And by that, I can continue to grow and break out of some things. Right? And so it's a different mindset. So you see people go like, well, uh, I mean, don't ever think you're going to accomplish anything. Your mama didn't. Your grandmama didn't. Your great-grandmama didn't. Don't think you're going to break out of this. It tries to hold you in a fixed mindset. Somebody will say, well, I can do it. I can do it. I just need to learn a little bit more. But see, we even look at that too. Some people will just say, you know, well, I'm going to study more. I'm going to look at more. But their mindset doesn't allow them to apply it because they're just going to study more and and learn more so they can uh, not be looked down on in a conversation with the smartest person in the room. 
right? So I'm going to study not to change my life, but just so I don't look stupid. Well, that won't change your life. That's a fixed mindset. In other words, you gain more knowledge, but all that knowledge went through the same mindset. I'm really nobody. I just have to prove it somehow. Instead of taking that knowledge and changing our life. And so we get to this place where we're looking at. So Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And so I'm going to use this, this time, the next few weeks, to hopefully impact our life, challenge our life in some ways. And, and again, this is nothing probably new, but I believe it's vital to us right now at this point where we're at as, as believers, as a church, because uh, uh, God's impacting us. God's saying stuff to us. God's saying stuff to you in your prayer time. God's saying stuff to you. Get into prayer. Get into the Word. God's saying stuff to you. And how you take what God is saying to you and process it, what mindset you process it through will make all the difference of arriving at this place with God and where he's appointed you to go or arriving over here and God saying, where are you? And say, well, I didn't think I could make it there. Well, I told you you could. Yeah, but after thinking about me, I took a different route. And the people say, how'd you get there? I don't know. God promised this and God promised that, but I'm not realizing it. Well, Why? Well, really, if we got into that, why? Well, because I didn't think. Well, God promised, I know, I know, but it didn't happen for me. Well, why didn't it happen for you? Well, and we, real, we start realizing we're processing through a mindset. And so I'll just, I'll put this this way just to maybe help those of you that study the Bible. What is a mindset? A mindset is a stronghold. A mindset is a stronghold. So the enemy comes in and he takes thoughts and he begins to build them together into a fortress in your thinking. And Paul says we have to tear down those strongholds. We have to capture those thoughts, not let them come together over and over and over again and link together. We have to break them down. We have to bring them into obedience to Christ and set up a new fortress, a new stronghold that is based on obedience to Christ. So Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He said, there's a mindset of the world, and the mindset of the world is temporary. It's fixed. It can't go any further because it's temporal. It's based on the lust of the flesh and the lust of the mind. It's based on temporal things. I'm going to live here for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years if I'm lucky into my 90s. It's a limited period of time. There's so much to do in a limited period of time. Where I grew up, what I know, how much money I can make, how I'm going to do socially, economically, it is limited. So I'm trying to figure out my niche. He said, don't be conformed to that kind of thinking. This is all I got. I'm going to do the best with what I got. He said, be transformed in your thinking by renewing your mind to what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Not your circumstance, but what is the will of God for you. Because it's eternal. It breaks out. It's not limited. God put eternity in your heart. He put eternity in my heart. When he put eternity in our heart, we see beyond our, our years here on earth. We begin to see eternity spring forth. It's a different mindset. It's a different way of viewing things. It's a different way of processing thoughts that come your way. Why would I look at that? Why would I get angry about that situation when time here is limited? and eternity, we're not going to be angry at each other. 
Because right now I'm angry because you're processing it through that. But if I could process the situation through eternity, then we can make corrections, but we don't have to get offended. We don't have to get angry. We don't have to become estranged in relationship because we only have a limited period of time to process it. All right, that was helpful. Ephesians 4, verse 17. He said, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. In the uselessness of their mind. He said, stop. They're just going around thinking about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and what they're going to take, take care of. Jesus said it like this. You know, I, I just talked to a, a group of uh, young people yesterday. We did a podcast. On, I did a podcast with J&J on this. But moving from survival mode. What is survival mode? The Gentiles live in survival mode. Jesus said this. He said, all you think about is you worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on. He said, isn't life more than food, the body more than what you put on it? Isn't there more to it than that? Yet you're caught in a mindset of only worrying about if you're going to be taken care of tomorrow. He said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all that will break out. I'll add stuff to you that you're worried about right now. He said, you got to break out of that mindset because it's futile to just think about what's going to happen tomorrow if I don't. So the enemy brings us into bondage, living every day just grinding instead of opening up and seeing the fullness and the brightness that each day offers. So he goes on to say some things about the old man. In verse 22, he says this, that you put off concerning the former conduct, the old man which goes corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So we see these both here using that word renew your mind, renew your mind. And so many times we just go and say, okay, I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to get some new thoughts, get a new book, get a new, new thing. I'm going to read the book. But really, let me just use this analogy, and, and hopefully it'll help us. And I'm not against all that. You know, I'm not against new books. I, I like it. We should read books. We should get some knowledge. But we want to have it go through the right mindset. So some people are saying, well, i gotta, I got to renew my mind. But they're just painting the room. I'll just get a new subject. Paint the room. Or maybe I'll just new, move a new piece of furniture in. Well, that's not renovation. So how do you know that? Well, I would much rather be watching ESPN, but normally I'm roped into watching HGTV. <laughs> so if you watch HGTV, you're just watching renovation after renovation after renovation. But they don't ever say painting a room is renovation. Renovation is like, man, there has to be demo day. Right? There has to be, and everybody likes demo day. Demo day is fun. Why is demo day fun? You get to break out the sledgehammer. You get to have dust flying. You get to tear stuff apart. But why is that so exciting to tear stuff apart? Because we're so destructive? No, because you're tired of the old. You have a new blueprint. You have something that's going to emerge that you know, man. New countertops, they can't come in. You can't just put that brand new expensive countertop over that old, you know, whatever you got. Right? Sometimes when you're renovating, you're like, my God, what did they do? They just put this carpet over that carpet over that carpet. We got layers of carpet. 
They didn't ever really tear it apart and start brand new. Some people just have layers of thought, thought, thought. But he says, renew your mind. Renovate your mind. So in other words, you know, over the next few weeks, just get a determination. Not like, uh-huh, we got to renovate. Man, do like they do on HGTV. Demo day, baby. Tomorrow morning, demo day. That waking up and going, oh, my God, I feel so terrible. No, demo day. We're not letting that mindset stay. Monday, Monday, got to go to work. Man, bust down that mindset. Demo day. I, got, I get to go to work. I get to serve people. I get to work and share the light of the gospel with the people that I'm around. Well, that's fine for you. You work here. Well, they're not always so enjoyable. You work in a Christian environment. Yeah, but we deal with a lot of things. You can always say it's easy for you to say and have a good attitude. No, everybody can have a bad attitude or everybody can have a good attitude. It depends on your mindset. So we're going to work on our mindset. Everybody's looking at me like, you can work on yours. I'm not working on mine. (laughs) But if together we work on our mindset, man, just think what it will change. Just think how we'll come. Some people's mindset concerning church is just so screwed. Skewed. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) So you process something through a mindset, it comes out in different words. Uh, You know, they they just think about have to instead of get to. Well, you know, it's not that necessary to come because, man, it's necessary. Man, it's necessary. The Bible says it's necessary. We get to come, right? Going to work. People different have different mindsets. What's your mindset? God wants to give us a great mindset. All right, so you can have a fixed mindset. You can have a, a growth mindset. You know, age. Age is about a mindset. I mean, it's about years too, but, you know, I met a guy. We were, we were in our 20s, came to Glenwood playing basketball in the middle of the week. And a guy, I think it was about 55 at the time. I think I was 25. <clears throat> we come, and the guy's playing basketball with us. So we were taking a break one day, and we're like, man, how, you, how come you come out here and play with all these 20-year-old guys? I mean, and, and, you know, and he was running the court pretty good. He had to take a few more breaks. And he said, because I live my life this way. How, would, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were? At 25, I said, that's it. I like that mindset. Right? I'm not going to think about how old I am. I'm just going to keep pressing on. Whether things change, whether you wake up in the morning and things don't work exactly like they used to, I'm still not thinking, well, that's just because I'm getting old. I don't have to have that, all right? And so we have these two mindsets uh, that we can look at. They're either fixed. The Bible talks about it. You can renew your mind. You don't have to stay in a fixed mindset. So I'm going to give you four things, then we'll close. Four things. And we'll break this open. We'll crack this nut open over the next few weeks. Four things that will help you break out of a fixed mindset. Fixed mindset. Number one is enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Some people are like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Am I there yet? Am I there yet? I should be acting different. I should be doing this. Listen, it's a process of time. First John chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 1, says this. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that he would call us children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Verse 2, it says, Beloved, now, somebody say now. Now Now we are children of God. 
it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Anybody who has this expectation and purifies himself, he says, it's a journey. We know, we know that when we see him, we're going to be like him. We don't know exactly what that looks like, but since we have this hope, we are on a journey to become like him, to become like him. So we, we have this, this place that we have to think about. So, you know, when, when Jonathan taught some weeks ago, he was talking about holiness, and he talked about positional holiness and then behavioral holiness. And so we sometimes get caught in that when we're talking about the journey. And so when you got born again, positionally, you're a brand new creation. As God looks at you through the blood of Jesus, you're perfect, you're righteous, you're holy, positionally. But behaviorally, you might not be there yet. What's the journey? To move from behavior that's not holy to living out where we are positionally. And it's a journey. It's a journey. So we enjoy the journey. Instead of saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Have you ever had kids that make the journey not so enjoyable? Because they always want to be there. Can't we be there yet? Instead of looking and saying, I'm not there yet, but I am becoming. I'm becoming everything that God wants me to be. That if I'm letting him be Lord, he's transforming me from one degree of glory to the next, even as by the Spirit of God. All the worship team can come up. Praise the Lord. So we're becoming. Number two, you have to incorporate yet into your vocabulary. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He'll be faithful to complete it. So you have to look at it and say, listen, God's not done with me yet. I might have made a mistake. God's not done with me yet. So I'm not looking at this fixed mindset. I'm a failure. No, God's not done with me yet. What he started, he's faithful to complete it. And as long as I cooperate with him, keep my mind open. Number three, pay attention to your words and your thoughts. We're going to cover in the next few weeks. Pay attention to your words and your thoughts. Paul said this you have to pay attention to your thoughts to know whether they're in obedience with Christ or not. You can't just slough off a thought, you have to capture a thought. Does this thought come into obedience with Christ? No, we cast it out. We take it outside, we shoot it to death. This thought is in obedience to Christ. We think about it. You got to pay attention. You got to pay attention, and your thoughts settle down will become your words. All right, praise the Lord. You're all still with me. All right, and the fourth thing I want you to think about, the fourth thing, take on the challenge. Come on, I'm challenging us all today to start to restructure our mindsets. Take on the challenge that's before you. The apostle Paul said this. He said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, he said, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus has laid a hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press to the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Take on the challenge. I'm going to start changing my mindsets. I'm going to start thinking differently. I'm going to start approaching things and allow them to go through a mindset of obedience to Christ. 
Father, we thank you. We praise you. Why don't you stand up? We thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Thank you for all that Jesus has done for us. We ask you for revelation and wisdom and understanding in this time that you might reveal to every heart in life. We're all different. We've all come up with different things that have created mindsets. So I ask you to reveal to us those things, those things that we've held on to, those things that have become fortresses in our thought life, in our thought processes. Reveal those to us that we might know whether they're of you or not. We wouldn't hold on to them just for the sake of holding on. But we would allow that mindset to come down, build a new one that we truly might enjoy, increase, and be transformed in this time to be all that you've called us to be. For this moment in history, our generation, and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, We thank you, Lord, for doing a work in every heart and in every life, doing a work in our mind and in our thinking over this period of time that will change things in a way we never thought possible because mindsets will be torn down and new thinking, new processing will emerge that will allow us to be all that you've called us to be, allow us to have the marriages that you've designed for us to have, Allow us to have financially the things you've called us to be blessed with. Allow us to help others and be a blessing, not restricted by our own thinking. I thank you for moving in this time, in Jesus' name. If you need prayer for anything, altar workers will be up here to pray with you. Uh, If you haven't never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation to accept him into your heart. If you don't know what that is, you know, I need a relationship with God. Come up here and they'll just ask them. They'll share the word with you. You can pray that prayer this morning and come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to end this morning just by singing that song again. And there's a reason to that. You know, music is such a, a dynamic vehicle. But this particular song has a total mindset change from impossible to possible. From needing a miracle to seeing miracles. That as we sing it, there's something that gets down on the inside of you. That as you go out into the parking lot, you start singing and saying, who am I to say what God can do? There's nothing that's impossible with God. I encourage you. I'm challenging you and encouraging you. This song, maybe this album, whatever it is, download it. Play it every day. It doesn't do much good to listen and go, I know what the Lord can do. Nothing is impossible. And get into your car and listen to a country western song about meeting a girl in the bar. It'll mess up your mindset. I'm not against different kinds of music, but right now it's about getting something set. Not confused. Download it. Listen to it. Listen, when you do this, this happened to me one time. I was struggling with my mind, and so I thought, you know, I'm just going to put on Spotify. And I was, I was doing a remodel at the time. And so I was just working, put on, and, and I was listening to these songs. And before that, I was, my, my sleep was messed up. I was having some things, dreams and just worries and stuff. So I put this on, and I'd listen to it, and I'd listen to it. And about after a week, I found out I'd wake up in the middle of the night just praising God. It was like it was still playing in my head. 
Then it would get into my heart. Sometimes I'd get up and I'd come back to bed and I'd start praying for people because that was what was in my heart. It changed my mindset. Even, even when I was waking up, it was changing my mindset. You get this in your mind and you wake up in the middle of the night and don't know why and you're in your mind and through your heart, you're singing nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. That gets into your sleep. Now your mindset's going to change. So we're going to sing this to end to just get it into your head. And that vehicle of music just lets it go and go and go. And when it comes to mind, it'll be good for you to sing it out of your mouth. And it'll expand, as Pastor Tasha, she said this in the first service, it starts to expand your thinking. As we're believing for miracles for people in particular, man, you listen to it and you're like, yes, nothing's impossible with God. Expands, increases our faith. So let's end with that. You are more than able You are more than able You are more than able You are more than able. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Uh, I'll sing it out again. He's more than able. You are more than able. Yes, you are. You are more than able. You are more than able. You are more than able. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Cause I've come a long way. I've seen how you work. There's so much goodness and grace, much more than I deserve. Cause I know who I am. And I can't stay where I'm at. We've come this far by faith, and I just can't turn back, because he's not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. There's so much more to this story. You're not done with me yet. You're not done with me yet. Oh. You're not done with me yet. Oh. There's so much more to this story. 
You're not done with me yet. You're not done with me yet. You're not done with me yet. There's so much more to this story. You're not done with me yet. You're not done with me yet. You're not done with me yet. There's so much more to this story. You're not done with me yet. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Yeah. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Yeah. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? Who am I to deny what the Lord can do? He's more than able. Oh, he's more than able. Come on, say it to yourself. He's more than able. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You take that mindset when you leave this place. When doubt time starts to come, those thoughts immediately come, right? So or so's the word. The enemy comes immediately. Immediately. That means as soon as you walk out to try and discredit, say it's not true, but it is. He's willing, he's able, not just able, but more than able, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask, think, hope, or imagine. We shift our thinking. My God is more than enough for me, and he's more than able to do what he needs to do in my life. Amen? Hallelujah. We'll say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall can be dismissed. Make it a great week. We'll see you tonight at the 6 p.m. service, and if you need prayer, our altar care workers are up here at the front.